for joining us for Mississippi Prospects, a podcast focused on economic and community development across our state. Hosted by me, Jeff Rent, and brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council. Anyone who's spent time in Mississippi knows the state boasts many distinct regions from the Gulf Coast to the Pines or even the Hills region. But no other region evokes the vivid imagery of Mississippi more so than the Delta, best known for cotton and the state's best known export, the blues. Once the heart of the state's agriculture-based economy, the Delta today is home to some of our state's most impoverished communities. Now, not willing to let this narrative persist, the Washington County Economic Alliance and several key partners have developed a program targeting at-risk young people to provide them with access to educational and workforce training programs through their award-winning Washington County Economic Alliance Opportunity Youth Training Program. Now, that's a mouthful. Joining us today to talk more about this innovative training program is Will Coppage. Will is the executive director for the Washington County Economic Alliance, an economic and chamber partnership organization. Will started with the Alliance in 2015 as a project manager, deputy director, and eventually taking on the role of executive director in 2019. Will also worked as an executive assistant to the mayor for the city of Greenville, Mississippi, and as a reporter for the Delta Democrat Times which I still call the DDT. Please welcome Will Coppage to Mississippi Prospects. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. So before, Will, we move into the specifics of the program, let's talk about Washington County and the Delta and the challenges you face there related to poverty, education, healthcare. I've lived there, so I'm familiar that you do face a lot of unique challenges there. We really do. Um, and, you know, I, I think and that, that question right there is such a loaded question or or it's so hard to put your arms around just with, with one single answer, but I think it can kind of be summed up with so many times people try to be reactive instead of proactive. And so whether it is the healthcare or the poverty or education, um, you know, we're looking at ways, um, to address a problem that has been occurring instead of looking at ways to fix something, um, to, to, to stop it from happening in the future. Um, and so that's, that's really, I think where the the change of the narrative has been happening. Um, you know, with, with schools, you know, we're an area that has four public school districts. Um, I think for the size of our community and, and a, a, a community that population has seen a decline, um, that's, that's something, um, that people look at and say, wow, for, for public school districts, we also have, you know, four private schools. Uh, and, and so, uh, but, you know, with healthcare, we have a very strong main hospital. Uh, then we have a lot of different regional care providers as well. Um, and so those are the things in the Delta. We're also traditionally agriculture based. Um, but what people don't think, and you know, you mentioned tourism, everybody, when they think of the Delta, they think tourism, the blues, the blues, there's a lot of history yeah, there. It is. Um, but Greenville was set up as a manufacturing town and, and the bones of it is manufacturing. And, and, you know, when we saw, uh, post, post NAFTA, uh, was, was really, that's when Greenville took the hit and you had places like, you know, Vlasic Pickle, Schwinn, um, all these other large manufacturings that were hiring multiple hundreds of jobs. Mohawk and, carpet was there, I believe back then. Um, we, uh, Axminster carpet. Axminster. Okay. Um, 
And it could, and, and I, I apologize, it could have been called Mohawk Carpet. I lived there a very long time okay. ago, so. <laughs> we, I won't ask you to show your age. There. Um, um, and so with, with that, though, you know, we had a, a giant kind of diaspora of, of, of not only jobs, but of people. And, you know, one of the hardest things that we do is we try to train uh, folks for jobs that are not there. You know, we're trying to prepare them for the jobs that are coming down the pipeline. And so that's what we're doing now. And we're trying to reclaim those jobs here, um, which kind of does lead into the program itself. But uh, but going back to those hardships, you know, people Greenville took a Greenville, uh, which being uh, the largest uh, city in Washington County. So a lot of times I'll refer to, to Greenville when I'm talking about Washington County. But uh, it did. Uh, Washington County took a, a huge blow when when that happened. And. These unique challenges, well, I, I say unique, but many communities around the country are facing, you know, especially more rural areas, uh, many of the same challenges. But you looked at these challenges and that eventually led to the creation of the youth training program. And you you didn't do this alone. You really worked with a lot of people within your community. Who are the key partners that you were able to get to the table? And, you know, how long has this program been in operation? Well, <laughs> You know, I guess a little bit of the answer to your question directly, the, some of the partners was, was Mace, the, the Washington County Sheriff's Department, the, the Police Department in Greenville, the expungement program of Washington County, um, Mississippi Delta Community College, uh, the CAP Center, who's our workforce training arm of the CAP of the Mississippi Delta Community College, uh, the Youth Court of Washington County, and of course, again, the Board of Supervisors and City Council. But, you know, you have to have a baseline before you can start. You can't just jump in and, and start saying, I'm going to create a program and do this. You had to have a baseline. And, and this program addressed 16 to 24 year olds. And so that was just a, a very small um, section. But, but why we chose that is, is of course, um, a few years back, we all of Mississippi really has gotten really hot and heavy into the ACT and CRC program. And that is a way uh, I think a lot of people do know about for those that don't, that's a way that we can quantify the qualitative means of our workforce. If somebody's listening, they don't know what that program is. Can you give me a brief description? Yeah, it's um, it starts out as an assessment, just uh, ACT, who everybody, most people are used to because of the college entrance exam. Mm -hmm. uh, it sets a baseline of, of projects how you're going to do in the college system as a freshman. They also create or have certified a workforce test and does the same thing. It sets a baseline and sets, it projects how you will do entering into the workforce. And you score out at a bronze, silver, gold, or platinum. And companies can use that to, uh, we can also pay for a job profile, which a profiler comes in and sets a, uh, says this job as a mixer formulator, or this job as a bank teller, or this job as a nurse requires a bronze or requires a gold. And they can use that in their hiring practices and they are protected by the, the EEOC. Um, and so we've done seven or eight profiles in Washington County from bank tellers to um, medical positions to manufacturing positions. So this is not just manufacturing. And that's something key that people need to understand about this test. It is not just for manufacturers. 
So uh, we are giving this test in our the community. If you're over 18, it's free. If you're under 18, it's, it's paid for by the community college if you're over 18. If you're under 18, there was a funding gap previously. The state has uh, addressed that and they're working through the steps now. Uh, but uh, previously, our own organization has paid for that uh, through grants uh, from different places. We, we just sold it. Why is this important? So uh, we went out and we have to show we have a workforce. And not only do we have to show we have a workforce, we have to show that we have a workforce that can be trained or trainable. And that's what this test does. So we started testing uh, not only the folks that are out of work that are over 18, but we started testing our high school students. And I'm very proud to say that in the state of Mississippi, Washington County, uh, right now we have tested a little over 600 uh, high school students, which is the most, excuse me, we've tested uh, 758 uh, high school students in the state of Mississippi, which is the most of any county in Mississippi. We were very proud of that. Um, and so with that, though, we're testing these high school students and going back to challenges that we've had in our public school system. We have one school district that is, um, let's say, struggling with a letter grade. And we have one school district that is a, a B. And we're seeing these students are coming out with golds and platinums. And we're like, wait a minute, they're they're doing really great. But the the school district's reflecting poor, you know, it's, it's a lower grade. So this was a way for us to also rewrite the narrative to folks saying our students are high achievers. So there was a disconnect, you know, and it, that, that blew our mind. And so then we started thinking, wait a minute. Well, there's this whole population that's not in school for whatever reason. Whether the, disconnected. Disconnected, I think. right whether they were dropped out, whether they had criminal records, whether they just, for whatever reason. And, and so that was, that was kind of the start of our brain thinking, okay, wait, we're, we're testing folks that are over 18, that are out of school, unemployed, looking for jobs. And we're, we're testing high school people that are in, because we, we have a great relationship with the counselors. What about this group that are not in school? And that's, that was the start of, okay, how do we do this? And that's where, it, that was the, the brain child of, of this, of this program. They were almost like a lost demographic. Yes. hundred percent. Yes. Yes. And it's key to get them involved. And I've got to think that it also does a lot to build trust in the community that you are taking this approach to reach out to everyone and provide opportunity. And have you seen the community start to embrace this? Oh, uh, look, so, uh, and then, look, so now when you say embrace this, I, this is where I have to, to truly pause and say, I have to give it up to, we have a workforce coordinator. Her name is Angelica Richards. So when this program first started at the very end of, um, I believe it was, well, at the very beginning of 2019, um, she had, hadn't yet been hired on. And and so luckily we started partnering with Rural Lisk and Foundation for the Mid-South. And Rural Lisk became our main funding partner for this program. We pitched it to them. They loved the idea. Uh, we also pitched it to Foundation for the Mid-South. So they came on board as, as, a, as, a, as big partners, you know, to help this idea. And the idea of this was, let's get these students in. 
Let's get them tested for the ACT and CRC. Let's pay for them training at our CAP Center, which is, again, the workforce training arm for MDCC. And then let's try to get them jobs. And, you know, of course, it sounds easy. But like I said, <laughs> before uh, Angelica came on board, uh, it was it was me trying to do it. Uh, and, and and I I was using some social media marketing. I just and, and that was really just what I could do. I couldn't get out there. I couldn't get out in the churches. I couldn't get out in the community. I couldn't go to the schools and do that. And then all of a sudden, um, Rule List paid for um, a, a, a AmeriCorps intern, Angelica Richards, who again, now at the beginning of uh, 2020 now is a full-time workforce coordinator because we said so we can't lose her. So we onboarded her full-time, but she was the one that made this so successful because she was the one that went to the churches, went to the schools, um, went, just went all in and, and talking about the buy-in from the community. You know, when you start doing that uh, and it's, it's the grandmother that she tells the message to that tells her friend that tells, you know, the, has the nephew that says, you, have you heard of this program? And we would, you know, uh, there would be a line at our office to, to find out about it. And, um, it, it was just amazing. Um, there was this one, uh, one individual, um, oh, any other time I could remember his name. Um, but we have it posted on our, our Yahoo. I mean, our, um, YouTube page. Uh, he was, a he took the CDL truck driving class that we yeah. paid for. And we made a little testimonial video and he said, um, you know, I have a one-year-old daughter. He goes, I, I saw this on Facebook. He goes, I thought I'd, he goes, what would 30 minutes hurt me to come talk to y'all? Uh, y'all end up paying for my training. And now I get to travel all over and be my own boss and I can take care of my daughter. And, and so wherever he went on, on, he would take pictures of his, his uh, drives and he would tag us in it and he'd share the video. And then people started coming in because of that. I mean, that was, we were dancing around the hall when he got his first job after that, because that was the first person that got a job from our training. And so, so now again, at the end of 2019, um, you know, we had 58 individuals complete this scholarship and a little over 30 of them get jobs because of, of this course. I mean, that's, you know, a job is the number one catalyst of change. And, and we, those might not be big numbers, but to us, those are huge. I want to circle back real quickly. You were talking about some of your partners. And I found it interesting when you mentioned that the Sheriff's Department in Washington yeah. County and Greenville Police Department, why have, what role does law enforcement play in this partnership? Um, maybe on the outside, it seems a bit, you know, incongruous that, it, you know, one thing doesn't fit with the other, but obviously you really took a big, broad community approach to this. So how, the question is, how does law enforcement act with economic development and workforce training? Yeah. Where does that fit in this scenario? Well, for us, um, it gave us a platform. We wanted to find people and uh, Angelica would do ride alongs with them to find people. That is an innovative approach. Just, it was simple as that. It was, we, and again, you're then able to reach some of that lost demographic that you said are, they're not in school. They don't have a job. So, and I was kind of curious where, how are you reaching those people? And well, that at least partially answers that. 
you know, and, and we did also, uh, we did some um, focus groups to learn better about advertising dollars uh, with social media and, you know, with, with Greenville, um, Facebook is, is number one. Instagram was number two. Facebook's where the, they trusted the content, whether it was true or not is Facebook's where they trusted the content. Um, and, uh, that's where not everybody had a computer in their house. Um, not everybody, you know, we don't have, we don't have Starbucks. We don't have a lot of places where there's free internet where people are taking their laptops to. So everyone has a cell phone. So we need to also make sure that everybody does things that are, um, uh, the mobile friendly. Um, and, and I'm not trying to jump off the track, but one thing that led to this is, so we're having these people that are now being trained and preparing for the workforce. And so we're, uh, we're in the process of redoing our website. And one thing that we decided that we wanted to do is we wanted to capture them to allow for us to know, um, if you want a job, we want to, we want to get you a job. And so we've created a resume bank and it's mobile friendly and you just, you can go to our website and you can click and it says, you know, this is no guarantee that you're going to get a job, but this allows you to go in and submit a resume. And it says, you know, have you taken the ACT yet? What was your score? Um, what field of interest would you prefer? And we hold on to your resumes and, you know, do you give permission for us to share it with a future or a current employer? And it, is, it has been really successful because so many times employers reach out to us, whether big industry or smaller business. And, and we can sometimes we have a, we have one right there. And sometimes we'll go on Facebook and say, you know, X, Y, Z employer. We won't give the name, but like a, um, you know, a, a mechanic shop is looking for such and such employer submit to through our resume bank. And it's been so easy. And uh, it's it's blowing our mind how kind of easy it's working. You're curating a talent pool, uh, easily accessible. And I've got to imagine that the companies you work with and the ones, you know, you've had some recent success in economic development and getting some new employers into Washington County and Greenville area. How are they reacting to it? Because they're the ones who are directly benefiting from it, as well as those receiving the training, obviously. It's transformative for the employee, but the employer's got to be ecstatic that you're working so hard. New Farm uh, has been our newest. Uh, That was in uh, October of 2019. We had the ribbon cutting. Uh, That was a $20 million investment, uh, 68 jobs. They are uh, the seventh larger crop protection company in the world. Um, They have loved our workforce idea. And uh, quickly, what we've all talked about, they've utilized. So when we were in the recruiting process, we looked up on ONET about what their jobs would be. Uh, they're, they're, they're kind of worker jobs, uh, mixer formulators. We said that, you know, we believe there would be a silver on the ACT and CRC, but we said, you don't have to take our word for it. Let us pay for a profiler to go to your plant in Chicago and, and do that, uh, profile. We ended up paying for two profiles for them. They went up there. One was a gold, one was a silver. They came back 
And then we just showed them what our numbers were in Washington County. They said, okay, we know that there's enough qualified workers here in Washington County. It took the whole conversation off the table. So then the next conversation was how do, how can we build a specialized training class that would fit our needs. Well, luckily, about five years ago, uh, we had started a basic manufacturing class, very similar to the one in East Mississippi that Raja did. Um, And that has been going strong. So USG, who's one of our major employers in our area, he, uh, they use our basic manufacturing class. Um, If you want to work at USG, you have to go through this nine week class. No ifs, ands, or buts. And to get in the class, you also have to take the ACT and CRC and score silver. So we're already stacking the deck already with with the quality of the worker. And so New Farm said, I love it. Let's do it. So New Farm will not hire you unless you go through that basic manufacturing class. And then after that, they go through another smaller training class that focuses just on their uh, technical needs. And they've partnered with the CAP Center to order some specialized equipment. Um, But they're they're hitting their goal numbers and um, it's been a great partnership. And your experience with New Farm is so common in the economic development world. How many times have you and I both heard in our recruitment efforts you know, one of the first questions is, do you have the workforce and is it sustainable? So you're also creating that sustainable pool as you continue to train and qualify candidates. Are other companies taking notice? Definitely. Uh, when you have one company that has success uh, and start bragging, you know, uh, and it's, it's been interesting because, you know, with our meetings with other companies, um, existing employers, you know, sometimes we've, we've given them the pitch of, of this, uh, work ready system before, and they might not have heard it, uh, the way we wanted them to hear it. And now, um, they've, they've heard it with new ears. Are you targeting specific skills? And I mean, you've talked about several, I I guess I really should rephrase that. And how did you come up with the skills that you were really targeting? Was it through an assessment? Skills or, or, or training? Training, yeah. It, I think you were talking about developing certain sort of skill sets or target areas uh, to fill. I don't know if that was based off an assessment of growth potential in these sectors in the area. And I know you mentioned it wasn't just manufacturing. Oh, I got you. Um, so with our going back to the scholarship, the scholarship's actually open to any training that is offered at the uh, the, the CAP Center. Um, when we first started, it was just welding. Um, uh, it was welding, CDL, pipe fitting. You know, it was stuff that was, that was it might have been seen uh, overly masculine. And, and we took a step back and we said, you know, we didn't want to appear that way, that we were just trying to, and not that there's not female welders out there by any means, yeah. um, but we just, we wanted to engage in a different conversation. And so that's when um, healthcare is probably one of our largest sectors in our, our town and our Delta Regional Medical Center is our largest employer. So we opened it up um, for sure. We wanted to do the, the pharmacy tech which is a huge program there. And then we have numerous uh, healthcare programs. So we, we just went on, we didn't want to start picking and choosing. So we just opened it up. But I will say that the ones that focus that people that utilize the most is the manufacturing class because of our manufacturing employers, our healthcare training classes, 
and then uh, the, the welding classes. So those just by default, um, you know, we have a virtual reality um, training class. Uh, we have a room that's set up with uh, all the the Oculus Rift and and. I would love for that. I mean, to me, that's entrepreneurship is a huge part. And I think of, of what I want to push as, as a new executive director in our community. Um, I don't want to teach people just how to get jobs. I want to teach people how to create jobs. And for someone young growing up, you know, they can, they can have, you know, they can, learn how to do uh, computer programming and coding and, and, and uh, especially with virtual reality, they can be in Washington County, but working globally. And I think that's such amazing, but that really hadn't taken off huge in our area. Um, And, but that's, that's one, even one of the training programs we have there at the cap center. So we just, we didn't want to limit it and start selecting because what if there is a group? that comes in and says, I want to do that. And we wanted that opportunity. Your program is actually scalable and replicable in other communities. If a community is hearing this or someone's listening uh, to this episode, where do they need to start to begin to build a similar initiative? You know, rallying the partners, I think was, was our big takeaway. Um, you know, you, you heard me talk about just riding along with the, the police um, there's that conversation with the community. Also, when we started, as I said, I, I tried to lead this program initially and I just didn't, I had roadblocks just because of time. But when we had somebody that was all in, that could be out in the community, walk in the walk, talk the talk. And, um, that was, you got to have that champion. And we all know that you got to have a champion to lead it. Um, and like I said, Miss Angelica Richards was was that champion for our organization. Um, so I would say that um, the partners and obviously, um, you know, be creative in the funding. You know that you got to have you got to have funding dollars, obviously, for a program such as this. Um, but I think there's creative ways that uh, there's always somebody that wants to help. So we'll. Tell us how somebody who may be also looking to start this program might be able to contact you to learn more about what you've gone through and your experiences. Uh, definitely. Uh, you know, our organization is all is on all the social media outlets. Um, but, you know, personally, I'm a talker. Call me up uh, 662-378-3141 um, and or email me at, at wcoppage at wcames.com. Um, our website is uh, wceams.com as, as, as well. Um, but again, just call me. Uh, I think that's the best part about being an uh, economic developer is, is getting just to talk and brainstorm and um, learning from everyone. Being proactive, not reactive to workforce training. Will Coppage, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Mississippi Prospects is brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council, the Mississippi Development Authority, Cooperative Energy, Greater Jackson Alliance, Entergy, Mississippi Power, Tennessee Valley Authority, Watkins and Eager, Butler Snow, Jones Walker, and produced by MWB Studios. If you have questions or comments, join us on Twitter at MEDC Info.